And on table six, we have the fulfillment. Jesus depicts great trouble, great fallout, what John talked about, what Malachi warned about, what Jesus said would happen. It happens here in table six. From the Mecca of Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah, this is Heart of the Matter Short, where we're learning together how to walk as Christians in the age of fulfillment. That's an important little line there, the age of fulfillment. Like many of you, when I was a young kid, uh, I, I'm old enough to where we, my parents used to get me these bags of preformed army men. They were plastic, and like one would be laying shooting, and another one had a bazooka, and another were marching. And uh, I would get these plastic frozen guys out on a, a table, these all represent tables, and I would then uh, unfold the scenario so that I could play war. And I wanna borrow from this practice of setting up tables, empty tables, uh, with scenarios tonight and use them to illustrate and try to explain what God has done to reconcile the world to himself once and for all through the victory over his son and his death and resurrection. So. The first separate scene establishes what God did at the creation. That's on table number one. So I'm going to go down there and I'm just going to kind of walk through what God did on this creation, uh, at the creation. On this table, uh, we have a beautiful garden that's represented by a little tree. We have Adam and Eve. And uh, what else do we have there? Um, God uh, gave them freedom. So I'm just going to put uh, freedom. I'm just going to put free. They were free to choose. And uh, this garden, uh, I'm going to put two trees here. There was another tree and it had forbidden fruit on it. Don't eat of that, he said. So that was there. And then we have a devil. Ah. So we have a devil. Those are the, the, the key players in that garden. And on that flat surface, uh, we also have animals, uh, I should add them, but we have all these characters and um, we have two people freely being able to choose to love and serve God or to follow the tempter and God, hu God's human beings, Adam and Eve, could not handle this scenario and so we uh, know what happened. It led us to a different table and that's table number two and that is going to describe... Uh, table number one is going to describe um, the Garden of Eden. This is going to describe from the fall to, oh, what do I have? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the 12 tribes. And so on this table, we're going to put the characters of God establishing several things. We have Noah, and, and uh, then we have a man named Abraham and his wife, Sarah, and we have Abraham taking on another wife and getting another son named Ishmael. And then we have uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot, and we have Isaac, who is uh, Abraham's son, and, uh, and as I said, Ishmael. And then we have Jacob, and then we have Jacob having 12 tribes. And then we have all of those tribes going to Egypt because of a famine and, and staying there. So... From there, fall to the tribes, we have Noah, we have Abraham, we have Isaac, we have Jacob, we have the 12 tribes, we have all that was going on there, 
and we have them, the 12 tribes, going into Egypt. All right, that sets up our next table. All right, it's history. There's a lot of things to learn from that, but it takes us to our third table, and that is where we depict the nation under the law. So the children of Israel, the 12 tribes, are in Egypt, and they're in bondage, and God calls Moses and says, Moses, I want you to lead my children out of bondage. And so they go out into wilderness, and, and through Moses, he establishes the law. So we have Moses, and we have the law of God written on two tablets, and we have the nation of Israel submitting to that, and then we have this economy lasting almost 1,500 years, okay? The nation under the law. And we have the prophets that came about. And we have uh, uh, not only Moses, we have more prophets. And we have the books of Scripture. And we have all sorts of things happening with God working through that. They were promised a coming Messiah. They had a temple they, we have a whole 1,500 years of history going on on that tabletop that we could play out. And the last book of the prophets on that table is a, a, the book of Malachi. And Malachi said, listen, look out. The end is going to come. Get ready. The axe is laid at the root of the tree. The Messiah is coming. The kingdom of God is going to be ushered in. The end of the age is at hand. Prepare by repenting. All right? And he echoes this sentiment that was given by the last prophet before the 400 years of silence by given by Malachi. John the Baptist echoes it. In fact, Malachi prophesied of the coming of John the Baptist. So the New Testament, which happens right here, Opens up going this way. This is Old Testament going that way. The New Testament opens with the last of the prophets, is what Jesus called him, saying the Messiah is coming. Repent, for the coming of the kingdom is at hand. The end of this age is moving forward. Jesus did arrive, and he lived his life out, and he fulfilled everything that was uh, promised according to Scripture that he would do. And so we have Jesus here, the main focus of this table. And he lived his life and he, and he was crucified and he died and he resurrected. He called 12 apostles and he trained them and he told them, listen, you got to go and take this news out that I'm all about to the rest of the nation. So that's the fourth table. And we can see on each of these, God is doing something to bring about uh, an expected end of all of his work. That brings us to the fifth table. And this fifth table represents from the time Jesus ascended into the clouds. This whole time represents 40 years. So I'm going to write 40 year table. All right. And on this table, we can put what his apostles that were trained were doing. Everything that they did. Major player on this table was the Holy Spirit, were the apostles, and was the church bride, who Jesus said, I'm going to come back and take before the gates of hell can prevail against her. 
And so we have this scenario going on, and it's all recorded in what we call the epistles of the New Testament. And as the apostles are going around, and John is writing, they're saying, Peter is saying, John is saying, exactly what uh, John the Baptist said, get ready, because the end is coming. The end when Jesus, who ascended up into the cloud, is coming back. He's coming back. And you better be ready because destruction is going to come with him. All right? So the apostles are called the trouble in Jerusalem table. And here we can depict all sorts of things that happen in the book of Revelation which is the description, the revelation of Jesus Christ, who he really is. And in this book, Revelation, we have all the trouble that Jesus talked about happening in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and Mark 13. And what all the apostles talked about was coming upon this generation. You better get ready because the end is about on us. This revelation that John received shows that Satan would be done away with, hell would be done away with, that uh, uh, the time was short. Revelation opens with saying it's going to happen quickly to the seven churches in, in, in uh, Asia Minor at that time. It's going to happen. It's going to happen quickly. There were major players I could draw here. We could draw the Roman army. We could draw the beast. We could draw the Antichrist. We could draw Roman emperors, plagues, signs, vials, horsemen with trumpets and woes, all of which were described beforehand by Jesus as signs of him coming back. Listen, as signs of him coming back and fulfilling all of this. That's what it's all about. And that's why we call it the age of fulfillment. Because during this time, when Jesus said 40 years, 40 years pass, and then John gets the revelation to the seven churches and says, look out. Believers today, churches today, have bought into this idea that revelation is to them. We're still waiting. We've been waiting 2,000 years. No, this is all a complete picture of what God has done. All right. And what happens is we have uh, secular writers, and you guys who've watched me know this, they all have told us that everything Jesus said would happen, happened. Josephus, Cassius Dio, Tacitus, all secular historians give us the evidence and signs that what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and Mark 13 had all been completed here at the destruction of Jerusalem. The most heinous destruction that you can imagine. All of it being played out and set up by God on these tables. And we're now ready to see the last table that God set up, the seventh table. You might see the six tables as the day of creation. You might see that, as we know in uh, Genesis, that God uh, worked on the six days and on the seventh day he rested. What was he doing? He was creating the earth, the heavens and everything else. Well, this is the creation, these six days, of everything God was going to do to institute a new heaven and a new earth. And he was going to establish a new Jerusalem, 
And the new Jerusalem would be on in heaven, as Luke says, not on earth. No more brick and mortar Jerusalem. That was all done with this stuff on these tables. No, this destruction of Jerusalem wrapped all of those six days of creation up, six tables of creation over that 1,500 year period of time. And uh, once everything was necessary to reconcile the world through the nation of Israel to himself, and it was established and was accomplished materially through nations and peoples and wars and death. Once his son had absolute victory over sin and death, hell, the grave, Satan, and every obstacle that stood in the way between God and man, we enter into the seventh table, and it is the time of peace. When, Jesus, when God finished his creation of the six tables, he entered into his rest. So we, after these seven tables that are pay, played out by what I just explained, we now have entered into his rest. But here's the important thing. It is a spiritual rest. It is not material. Everybody thinks we're waiting for Jesus to come back and give us material rest here on this kingdom. So it's not material rest. There will never be material rest on this earth. Never. But spiritual peace and rest as his kingdom of God is within us. Gone are the material affectations of external religion. They are gone. And uh, the, they are found um, over here when we saw priesthoods and temples and dietary laws and animal sacrifice and genealogies and all of that stuff, what to wear. All of that is part of this part of God creating the system in order to bring about this through the victory of his son. No more tithes that church talk about, no more authority, none of that stuff, all replaced in this day and age by spiritual rest, which comes through the Holy Spirit, God writing his laws upon your heart and mind on individuals, the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, which is above. We now thrive in direct, unencumbered relationship with the true and living God, seen as the Lord God Almighty, the one who sits on the throne. And we have been living in this age. Anyone who has Christ in them is part of this kingdom. They part of it here while they're living in this world of unrest. They die with that peace in them and they enter into the new Jerusalem above where God dwells. All of it established at the destruction of all of these tables. When you think about it, if you really want to give it some thought, um, all that are on these seven tables uh, are scenes from before and any time somebody who's a Christian goes back to them, jumps back and tries to live in this spot, jumps back to this table to live in this spot, jumps back to here, jumps back to the law, jumps back, jumps back, jumps back. They are missing what God has fulfilled in his and through his nation on our behalf and through his son. Truly what we are experiencing here, just think about this, is what God set up in the Garden of Eden. It really is. And it is a, uh, uh, it's all spiritual now. 
where we are in, in a paradise, a spiritual paradise, and God says, choose how you want to live. Do you want me to be your God? Do you want to eat of the tree? Uh, the tree? Do you want to go against me? Do you want to have a relationship with me? Show your love by what you do. And we're free to do it. So the second Adam restored everything in the Garden of Eden back, but he did it spiritually. This is the age of fulfillment I talk about. This is the solution to the problems in the faith today. We have too many religion, uh, religious expressions in the faith going back to this stuff. Oh, we need to do what the epistles say in the New Testament. Oh, we got to do that. We got to do this. We need to have 12 apostles. All that. No, all set up by God. All as a means to bring us into this place where we have liberty and freedom like they had in the Garden of Eden to choose life or to choose death. And if you see it that way, you will find yourself um, emancipated from the religious demands who make their business out of keeping you here, when in reality we are here in the Spirit. If you have Christ in you, you know that there is a peace that's not of this world that abides with you. If you don't have Christ with you, you are at unrest. And so it's like you're in this turmoil again. This is the goal. This is where we're at. Write your comments below. We'll talk about them on Heart of the Matter Long on a Tuesday night.